It's time for Done Being Single with your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Scharf. If you're dating the same type over and over again, making the same mistakes and not finding love, then you're not done being single. What you need is some tough love dating intervention, Trevor and Robbie style. Whether you're new to dating or have been dating forever, we've got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. Hi. Hi. How's everybody doing today? It's day. Oh, it's day. It's okay. Today. It's okay. You know, it's sort of days run into nights, nights run into days. This is what happens in a pandemic, I guess, right? Anyway, kind of, yes. okay, so it's day. Right. And, How, and, what's, uh, what's the latest? What's happening? Well, this is going to be an interesting episode today because. Hold on a second. Yeah. Will you stop with Well, because I'm getting to that. I don't want, you got, you got to. No. Okay. You know, you, you don't start talking about the show. I okay. want to talk about us. Because I was going to circle it back small to talk, us. Small talk. Oh, okay. Small talk. Give Matthew? me one more time. <laughs> Sorry, Matthew. We, we know you love this already. Jesus. I, okay. Sh- we, uh, pre-production meetings mean nothing. All right. Okay. I'm. I, Will you? Really? All right. All right. Let's do it. You know, here we go. You're hard. You're a, you're a tough producer-director. Well. My husband... Is a very tough director. You know, I gotta do wear a couple hats here. But it's good. I'm glad. Thank You're very good at glad, it. I'm glad you think. Oh, thank you, honey. I'm glad you think so. Yeah, I'm. It's hard to rein me in. I'm like a wild cat. Certainly. That is the truth. Is that what they say? Herding cats. You're like a feral cat sometimes. Yeah. Okay. I like cats. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how are you? Uh, I'm. Doing quite well, thank you. How about you? Okay, good. It's getting better. It's getting better. Yeah, it's All getting better. Yeah, it is. Pertain- it has not been easy. No, it's not been easy. We've gone through a tough time. Yes, we've discussed that. But we're our friends are going through tough times too right now. And we, a lot of have, people are going through tough times. We have friends that are going through loss. That we've we are at that age. Yes, yes. Uh, as we were putting this show together. Pre-pro, we were talking about uh, a lot of our friends in this age group demo are losing their parents, as we have. We lost three parents in a year and a half. And it's been a real um, mind blower for me. Right. Well, and you, and for, in your own your abs- way. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, how can it not be? It, if, <laughs> you know, depending on the relationship that you have with your parents, when they depart... Uh, hopefully you have your issues with them. If there were any, they get resolved before, but many people do not resolve these issues with yes. them while they're alive. Well, it, it, it closes one chapter and it starts another one. And both can be very either exciting and freeing, right, and mm-hmm. liberating, or they can be complicated. And as it has been a bit for me, um, you know, this chapter, this new chapter now without my parents, what's going to look like? How's it going to play out? Uh, I will tell you that, um, I've never been more aware of my mortality. I've never been more aware of time and that time is precious. Wow. What a, like, it was just a giant lesson. Agree? Yeah, oh, absolutely. That's and to Time make the most and to make the most of it. And 
the friends that you value are precious. Yes. And, and what else it has done is it's made me want to heal things, you know, uh, that maybe I couldn't have while my parents were still alive. It's, mm -hmm. It has brought uh, awareness to areas of my life that I probably knew about but chose not to deal with or because I couldn't, because whatever reason. This would cause you to question things but not have the ability to speak to them and get these answers force you to find your own answers. Okay, well, that brings me to the topic. Wow, really? Because it has everything to do with that. Okay. About answers and not getting your answers and not getting maybe the closure that you needed or getting the, no, I don't know, whatever it is that you didn't get when they were alive um, how do you find it? How do you find it for yourself? How do you find it in yourself? Mm. I had answers. I mean, I, I had questions. <laughs> I, I had questions. And, and why this comes, excuse me, full circle to today's show is that because we have a psychic medium on today who specializes in this, and I have, I had sought out the um, counsel of a channeler right after my parents died. And it was very interesting what I found out because I had questions. How, where, what do I do now? What do you want me to do now, mom and dad? How do I proceed? How do I carry on your legacy? How do I forgive you? How do I take what you've taught me and, you know, same with you. And keeping with your compound what questions, your you asked 20 questions I, at one time. Well, of course, I, I asked a million questions. And it I, was didn't, I didn't have it. I, Luckily for me, and the relationship I have with my father, uh, we were we were good. We we left on the most beautiful terms. You know, it was a you know him him leaving was a, a natural progression of uh, a ninety nine year incredible life that he lived, and uh, you know it. He, my relationship with him was very different than my older sister's relationship with him, um, but uh, I, I valued it greatly and. Uh, we, you know, he lived in uh, Baja, and we spoke every day and expressed love for each other, and it was a beautiful thing, and there was nothing really unresolved. There were subjects that I wasn't able to talk about with him because he didn't like talking about them, and I knew that early on, and uh, so that was unfortunate. And yep. so if there was anything unresolved, it might be in that category, but everything else... Uh, and you're cool, okay and you're, you're, you're content, and I, you have no questions. As you are... As you know... I have not grieved when my my father passed. Well, you much. did in your but own in my in, in a, a peaceful non-tortured way like I, felt I did. I felt more grief while he was alive in dealing with our post phone calls. Right, I know. What I felt after I hung up with right. him. And that brought more tears to me than yes. after he passed. So Yes. Um that's just me though. Yes. No, it's um and he, you had kind of a long time to wind it down yes. with him and to make peace and to resolve stuff and to, right, yes. tie up loose ends. And But sometimes we don't get to do that. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we choose not to. Uh, I feel somewhat, now that I've processed for about a couple years now, um, I feel more peaceful 
and I feel like I'm doing the what they would want me to do. It's a great feeling. Okay. I think you are too. I think your mm-hmm. father would be very proud and your mother of how you're living and what you're doing. And, and I hope so. Right? Of course. Okay. So, so um, I, and you know what? I, we were talking about divine timing with our guest, whom I'm going to um, introduce. And I do believe that it is really divine timing. And if there, if I am searching for a title of this show, this episode today, it is going to have the words divine timing in it because I don't know. I just think that it's all, even how you and I met, right? Yes. Was a little, it maybe is. master plan. And, and, and now, you know, we have to acknowledge that and, and honor that, that there might be a bigger mm-hmm. reason for everything. Okay, we'll, we're going to get into that. Good. So I'm going to introduce our guest today, Matthew Stapley is a naturally gifted, full-sensory psychic medium, ordained and licensed minister, inspirational speaker, and healing facilitator. His professional career began at age 17, and since that time, he has been featured in dozens of publications, podcasts, TV shows, and has created two Oracle card decks, and has assisted thousands of people worldwide in working through grief, self-acceptance, and fear. That was a mic drop. I mean, end of story, period, Full stop. Right. That's what we're talking about today. He is also the creator of a weekly live stream show attracting hundreds of viewers from across the globe through his Facebook page, Matthew Stapley Psychic Medium. Oh, that is his Facebook page, Matthew Stapley Psychic Medium. Aside from his incredible talent of providing evidence of life after death through mediumship, Matthew has also garnered the attention of people worldwide with his unique ability of looking at life's very real and very difficult problems with a lens that sees, I'm pointing to myself if you can't see me, that sees the intricate architecture and underlying benefit of the challenges that we all face in our day-to-day lives. And Matthew, welcome. And I read your full bio. Come on in, Matthew. Because I... Hey guys, thanks for having me on your show. I just wanted to say one thing. Sometimes I condense the bios because it's a lot to read, you know? Mm. And But yours, I needed to really read. The whole thing, oh, because it's well, so relevant to what we are talking about. So thank you and welcome. Well, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here with you guys today. Thank you. So you had a chance to listen in on our private conversation. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're interested to hear your thoughts, because this is a little bit up your alley. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, it was like listening in on a private conversation. Part of me was like, do I want, should I still be listening? Should I come, come in later? Um, and, and thank you. You know, I think I'd love to start off by saying, I think what you guys provide to your listeners by letting, letting us all, you know, listen to these conversations is how real everyone's path is and how different everyone's path is and how two people can come together even though their backgrounds and experiences are quite different and still find a sense of healing and you know togetherness and things like that which I think is profound really and and I think the service that you offer in that way is pretty special um and the first thing that I that I really noticed when I was listening to your conversation was how different each of your grieving processes have been and it sounds like both both of you had experienced different like types of loss in the way that they happened. And this is something that 
I mean, every single person who loses somebody loses them differently, even if let's say it happened at the same moment and it was the same cause of passing and all of that, it would still be different for each person. And I think you guys, um, the way that you express that and how each of you went down your own journey with coming to terms with it, I think is a really amazing testament to how unique every single person's path is. It is unique. Very, no one's really the same, I don't think. No two no. people. I've, no, I'm, I've often felt somewhat envious of Robbie's process because it was so, so peaceful and just kind of lovely. And I mean, I, I just, I really envy that. I don't. Well, it's, it, it, it's so 180 from yours in, in that regard because neither of your parents went out kind of peacefully. Well, that's true. They they went out sort of in spectacular fashion, as they lived. <laughs> yeah, um, that's true too. Yeah, but, as uh, as dramatically as as you could get. They did not go quiet peacefully, quietly into the night. So uh, maybe that's the first uh, subject to address: is how does one come to grips with uh, a uh, an exit like that from their parents? And you know. It's it's a it's a tough one, and everybody's different that way. But I think that what what I've noticed in my experience is when somebody loses somebody, immediately there's this, a period of shock, and there's a can't believe it. Not that they don't want to believe it; it's like they can't believe it because it creates such a profound change in in those of us who are still here on Earth in our daily lives, our routines, the way that we think, and our ability to connect with our loved ones appears to be severed right and and that's something that a lot of people experience right off the bat and it's this sort of wanting or needing to find a way to get that love to where it used to be able to go or flow so easily and I think the first part of grieving a lot of the time is coming to terms with the fact that this horrible loss has happened and the second part I think is the long, the, the really long part, which is often how do we, you know, connect still, or how do we let that love, you know, continue to flow in, in a direction where we know it's being received by our loved one. And those are the, the two major pieces of grief that I think are very prominent in somebody uh, in the first several years after they've experienced a loss. And like you both, I've lost uh, one of my parents and it was very, very challenging. Even for me, who's a medium who talks to people who have passed away all day long, it was still like a brutally challenging experience. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think that everybody's path is different. I think the, the beginning of grief um, is different for everybody, but there is still a similar process, which is that, you know, having to accept that this has happened and then having to figure out, well, how do we have a relationship with our loved one, even though they're not here anymore? And that's something that I personally believe everybody can do. I don't think that you need to see somebody like me to talk to people who have passed on. I think that it can be helpful in getting answers back mm -hmm. sometimes, but, um, but overall. Do you yeah. focus on a specific part of that relationship that was positive in order to, uh, maintain that love that you that you want to have with them once they've gone 
I think sometimes, yes. I think in the cases where it might have been a very challenging relationship, people have to jump into that side of it as well. Um, Because when people pass away, you know, we're left with a legacy. But sometimes that legacy isn't so clean. You know, sometimes it can be a really beautiful experience. It sounds like from what you guys were saying, both of you had amazing relationships with your family. And and so that's, you know, kind of an, uh, an easier legacy in a sense to carry, not saying that the loss is easy or the grief is easy, but there's a lot of joy with that legacy. But sometimes people are left with other things they've inherited that are, you know, mental, emotional hardships that they've, you know, had from a young age even. And so part of grief is, is even looking at all of those things. And, and so I think, you know, is it better to focus on the positive or not? I think it depends on the kind of relationship that you had with the person who's lost, who you've lost. Um, Because that, it's not just about, you know, healing um, the missing them and the the heartbreak from losing them. It can also be sometimes healing the relationship that you had with them. Oh, for sure. A hundred percent. It because you don't have them here anymore to, to oh. talk it out with and exactly. to work out your problems. No, it's on you now. It's your work yes. to do. And yeah. I don't want to walk around one more day with carrying any more baggage then I mm. have to. I will not. And it's ma- it has been my mission for the last couple of years to process this and address stuff. I mean, it hasn't been easy. Mm. Uh, it, is, it is a task that um, I signed up for. It can be excruciating sometimes, just reflection, you know, yeah. and um, self-examination. It's is not really, easy to no, stand in front of the mirror sometimes. N- n- no. <laughs> it can be really, really hard. No, it, yes. But here's what, you know, we've got this second chapter now, right? Hmm. Both of us. So now, yeah. um, and I want to make the most of it. And I, I, we got married later in life. And I want to be healthy and happy and, you know, for my husband. I want to enjoy these years. I see how precious and short life can be. And... It does kind of put a little fire under you to want to, you know, get your shit oh, together, totally. for lack of a, yeah. of a better word. And I think, as we were saying, we have a whole cohort of people and friends that are experiencing this right now. This week. In fact, this week. Two of them. We lost. Two lost of our very good yes. friends lost their parents. So we're yeah. sort of, um, you know, knee deep in this right now. And it's, it's hard even to know how to support the people that we care. But even if we've gone through our own grief one time or many times, it's still, you know, how do we, how do we support other people that we care about when they're going through it? And that can be really challenging as well. Um, even for those of us who have walked that, that path of having to sort out our, our emotions and our, our states of being in relation to uh, relationships that we've had that are no longer here but i have no doubt that you guys are doing a great job at helping the people that you care about yes well by helping us we help i hope we are helping other people and it has made me way more aware of uh, compassion and patience and understanding uh having to process my own pain has made me very sensitive to other people's journeys yeah. Um, so yes, there's all kinds of upside. It, it's kind of interesting because if we hear some friends of ours whose parents may be in a home or in a hospital or something, and they, their uh, 
upset because the parent isn't responding or doing acting like the parent used to respond mm -hmm. and and here we're thinking you know you know we we we've been there we know that but uh, value every minute that you're with them and that's the most yeah. important thing and not to lose sight of that and sometimes that's the best advice we can give or the only thing that we can really give and offer uh, but we we know what that's like yeah and i think having you know showing that that supportiveness and that solidarity with people is something that can be really helpful, you know, as you as you're saying, leading up to that moment of somebody's passing and, and afterwards as well. So I, I would say that that's absolutely a really valuable thing that you're giving them. Okay, good. So that makes me feel I'm, that I'm, makes me feel good. Yes. So uh, for people that did not have the best relationships with their parents uh, or a parent and they end up uh, dying on them, and uh, they, there's unresolved stuff. What, what are the steps that somebody can take to overcome that and get on the other side of that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think that it really depends on what their needs are in, in the moment. So if we look at all the potentials of things that can happen when there's a difficult, well, any relationship and there's loss. I mean, sometimes people really need you know, professional mental health support because there's trauma on top of trauma. I think for people who can sort of navigate it a little bit more on their own, um, I think that they need to understand that whatever they feel is a valid feeling. If they're super angry at the universe, at their loved one, at, you know, whatever, um, for all of the way that these things happen, that, that they need to allow themselves to experience that anger. If they're sad about it, they can experience sadness. If they're happy, happy about it in some cases, then it's okay to feel that as well. I think the first step in looking at grief is to know that there is no emotions that are off the table there's nothing that is is wrong or bad the only thing that you can really gauge grief by is is this a healthy process or not is this something where the person is now harming themselves because of their pain or are they in a process where they're you know it's hard but they're getting through it they're in one piece it's healthy so I think the first thing is, yeah, to allow yourself to feel whatever it is that you need to feel in the, the first parts of that. And, and when we can get comfortable allowing ourselves to feel whatever we feel and not put a right or wrong label on it, we take a huge step forward to self-acceptance. And this goes even beyond grieving, to be honest. Uh, if we can look in the mirror and say, well, I might not, by societal standards, have the right to be super angry or hurt or whatever about whatever is happening, um, but I, I still am and I accept that I am, even if it's something that I want to work on, I think that that, um, that door to self-acceptance opens many more doors on the other side of it. It's like a door to the hallway <laughs> of other opportunities of working on yourself. So I think that would be the first piece of advice is to accept whatever emotions come up. Just make sure that you're not using those emotions to harm yourself. Mm -hmm. um, the second step, I think, after that is, is really looking at the relationship that you have with your loved one um, in a very honest light, you know, the, the, the good stuff, the not good stuff, the easy stuff, the hearts of all of that, I think sitting in all of those memories and understanding that even if somebody was hurtful to us while they were on earth, nobody's born a jerk. Everybody is a jerk because they're in pain on some level. And so understanding that, um, that, 
you know, that maybe forgiveness or, or compassion towards them, even in their hardest moments or darkest moments could be useful retrospectively in terms of your own healing. I think that that's also something that is an important, you know, angle to healing grief and then understanding as well that there isn't not, not a time limit on it. There's no point where you can say, all right, it's been six months now I should be better. Um, because it really is a, a long-term thing and the painful side of it eventually can turn into joyful memories of, I yes. remember when, and that it, it does take time for it to happen. Yes. It's not overnight. I have a question for you. I'm curious, sure. Matthew, um, mm-hmm. you know, we talk in, as we talk about divine timing um, and we're talking sort of, well, I'm going to bring since I'm the queen of compound questions, <laughs> Since I'm the queen of multi-part questions that drives Robbie crazy, <laughs> here's my multi-part compound question, okay? All right. Here's, here it is. Divine timing in death, divine timing in love. Divine how? What is, is there some, why do people die when they do? Mm. And then how does divine timing work when you meet the one i like this question is that is um, it is that a okay. uh, all right thank you thank stop. you matthew thank you <laughs> take, okay. take the win he just said he likes the question okay. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> i do no i do actually because the truth is it's actually only one question just with several examples of how it works right so technically it's not that complicated um and you know every every person that 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 does any kind of spiritual work or anything in metaphysics or even philosophy, every person that you ask that to will probably give you a completely different answer because I think we all have our own ideas of how the universe works. Um, so I can only give you my perspective, but I think divine timing is a real thing. I think that. Um, sometimes it's based on things that we have to do within ourselves. For example, I know when I was single a long time ago, I dated the same person in many bodies over and over and over again until I figured out something within me needed to learn a thing or two. And then I was able to break that cycle. And then I met somebody who's absolutely phenomenal and we're going to be together four years next week. So it's awesome. Um, but it took a lot of cycle breaking for that divine timing to line up for the universe to say, okay, Matthew, you've learned what you needed to learn about your past pain and the things that you've gone through that didn't work. So now you're ready and here's somebody awesome. Um, so I think sometimes it is lesson based when it comes to somebody's death or losing somebody. I think that no human on this planet could really give you an answer to that. I think that Um, whether it be somebody completes all of their life steps that they set out to do at a soul level, and then it's time for them to go. That could be one answer. I think another one could be that the universe is constantly conspiring to kill us and leading us eventually to our death. But I don't personally (laughs) believe that. Um, You know, I think there's a million ways to look at it. I think that the somebody's divine timing of passing is really between them and the universe itself. I don't know that any human could possibly comprehend how that could possibly work. And that's, that's my belief. I think some things we're just not meant to understand. I like that answer. That's a good answer. I don't good. like it, but <laughs> well, it's, it's, I don't like it's it not either. No, 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 but it's, you're right. You're right. It leaves it wide open because I think yeah. that there, you need, it, there doesn't have to be an answer. Yeah. For I, everything. Why did, you know, your dad die on March 22nd? Why mm. did mine go on May 8th? Why did our friends, parents, you know, well, go 
choose That's, to go out go when they went their expiration date is whatever that is uh but the, yeah. you know there's no and know. is there really a good time to lose yeah. somebody right right that's that's kind of the other side of it i think is even let's say there was like the most optimal time possible to experience a loss would it really make it easier Probably not, because yeah. if something's optimal timing, it means life was probably going really well. So, you know, it, there's not really a uh, like a, a good time for, for loss. And I do understand the human wondering why things happen, though. I shake the universe down constantly for, for answers as well. Sometimes I get them and sometimes I don't. But I think that wondering of, of why something has to happen is totally normal in human nature. We're beings that like to rationalize things and to understand and compare and contrast our experiences. In fact, we're kind of built on the idea of resolving things. If you yes. think about it, we're constantly trying yes. to sort out our relationships with yes. ourselves and the universe around I'm, us. I'm pointing to Robbie because he's a very solutions oriented guy. Mm -hmm. He's a problem solver. Yeah. And, and I, and I also, I like answers. I like to know. Mm. Which makes us very compatible because she's a problem creator. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> ha ha. <laughs> but you get it. Uh, but yeah, there's so, so but I'm a little I love you. Love you too. Uh, I'm a little bit more well he, I think I question more than he does mm. about the universe and what's over there and because I do believe I and I mm. believe you have a gift. And well, thank my, you. <laughs> I do and I I I honor it and I respect it and I don't poo poo mm, it at all. That. Question for you, do sometimes do you wish you didn't have the gift? Um, I've, I've experienced, not that I didn't have the gift, but that I wasn't so sensitive all the time. I've definitely felt that way because even if I'm not like receiving messages, even when I'm, well, when I'm not receiving messages, I'm still feeling a lot of things. Like if I were to like walk through a room, you know, full of people, I can usually feel if there's, you know, somebody's sick, let's say they have a sore leg, I might feel their leg pain. Or if somebody has, um, had a, a really challenging day, I might feel their tiredness or whatever. So in that sense, I've kind of been like, oh man, I wish this would right. not be so you, intense. You can't turn it off. But yeah, right. And I can turn off like the messaging side of it and feeling spirits, but feeling spirits and feeling energy are two different things. And um, there have definitely been times where I felt like, oh man, if this could just be a little easier, um, that would be great. But um, I think that when I see that it can help a lot of people and, and the, you know, I, I don't know how many people have a job where they get emailed constantly saying, thank you so much for mm. your Facebook post, or thank you. You gave me a message on a live reading and it, you know, really helped me. I don't know how many people have a job where they get that almost every day. Um, so I feel like that is a huge blessing. And for that reason, and seeing that it can help a lot of people, I don't think I would ever wish it away. Have you, uh, have you felt that, have you felt a presence from your parents at all over the past year and a half any, at any time? Because we haven't really talked about that too much. Uh, in the beginning, I've, I, I, they came to me in my dreams a little bit. And I say came to me in my dreams, which is sort of, mm, I just dream, I, I guess I just dreamed about, dreamt about them. But uh, no, not since, the, I've not had a dream. Uh, although that's funny you should ask, because I, I did kind of have one about my mom last night, which was unusual. And she had the most beautiful skin. And I was mm. up close to her. I go, went, wow, your skin looks so good. 
and she did have beautiful skin, yeah, but did. it was flawless. The, the rest of her didn't look so good. She, but, um, <laughs> she must have loved but that. But I did, she that's loved, funny. She loved compliments. That's funny you should ask me that, because you? What about you? I think I felt my mom's presence uh, many years ago. Uh, my dad passed uh, a year ago, March 22nd. I have not seen him since. <laughs> I have not felt him since, which is a little surprising because one of our uh, favorite movies that we used to watch was the Houdini movie starring Tony Curtis. And mm -hmm. if you're familiar with Houdini, he, he said something to his wife saying, you know, if he was to die, he'd come back and visit her. And, uh, mm -hmm. and so dad and I, we spoke about that after during that movie or after the movie and uh, he says something like, uh, you know, I'll do that when I, when I go. And I said, oh, I didn't want to think about it as a kid then. Uh, but it hasn't really happened. So uh, I, I have a feeling he is out having a great time. Whatever he is doing, he is just enjoying life. Yes. Or post-life, I should say. <laughs> so yeah, so so one of the, or the dreams I had about um, after my dad died, he was, he looked great. Hmm. He was about 30 years old. He was probably wearing like a 1950s, like a leather jacket. He was smiling and not talking. And he was, at, we were in a party and he was oh, just wow. smiling. And I thought, yeah, that's you. That's where you're at. You're looking good. That's you're great. healthy. You're yeah. happy. It made me feel good. For somebody that's that really... was not healthy, he was somebody who was not healthy. And so okay. it's, a, it's a great feeling to think of him in that regard. I, I have a little, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say quickly, that's actually really what a visitation, a dream visitation is like. Sometimes when people lose somebody, they have almost like nightmarish dreams where they're like, their loved one is mad at them or like disappointed or they're look, you know, frazzled or angry or whatever. And those, I think those kinds of dreams are us processing our own, you know, grief and pain and experiences. But the kind of dreams that you're mentioning are what I would say is a true visitation where their spirit, you know, comes to be with us while we're in in that heightened state of consciousness. And um, the way that you can tell the difference in, is the way that they appear. Uh, if they appear joyful or happy, or the big one is if they touch you and you wake up and you, you know, you can feel it or it still feels real, or it's very, very vivid, like it really happened. All of those are signs of an actual true visitation. And it sounds like based on what you guys are, are sharing that, um, that's exactly what you both ex experienced. And for Robbie, like the not feeling your father yet, that's not that uncommon, especially if somebody is sort of working through their grief really, really well. Um, they may not feel a visitation. Also, if somebody is really stuck and, and they're not able to move past certain elements of grief, they may also not feel a visitation either, but for a different reason. In that sense, it may be that their loved one understands that their presence might not actually be helpful, mm -hmm. that it may hold somebody in that space of, of heartbreak. Um, and so, yeah, what you guys are, are talking about is really fascinating. I, I would tend to think that it is uh, that, you know, I, I hope I'm, I'm dealing with the grief well, but, but I don't think that my, you know, there, there hasn't been a need from me to feel, where are you, dad? You know, can you show me a sign. Yeah. I had never, I don't, I don't, I don't go through my days thinking that at all. So uh, I, I can sense his presence within me without knowing that he's somewhere around here. Yeah. It's okay. I don't need to know. I, I, I think that's cool. That's, yeah. Our people do our, do our loved past love. Are the loved ones that have passed over, are they with us? Not us personally, 
in general, would yeah. you say I, for most people? I, I 100% believe they are. And I, I really believe that um, the spirit world has been heavily sensationalized um, in, in media and movies and books and, and everything. I think that when people pass away, and this is coming from, you know, what the spirit world has told me over the, the year, many years I've been doing this work, is that when people pass away, they're instantly at peace. There's no like getting stuck or being trapped or anything like that. Um, everyone's instantly at peace. I think that they, and I believe that they have an instant understanding of their life on earth. So all of the good stuff, all of the not so good stuff, all of a sudden makes sense because from that sort of elevated bird's eye perspective, they can see all of the things they couldn't see on earth that happened behind the scenes. And I think that the other thing is that they're always around us. They always are walking with us on our path. I, I believe that when we think of them randomly, that's their presence stepping a little closer to us. Maybe I think when we have dreams of them, mm -hmm. I think that that's them letting, letting us know that they're there. And I think sometimes people get signs just through situational things, like something all of a sudden working out that really shouldn't have worked out so well, or, you know, hearing a song on the radio at the perfect moment, all of those things I think are orchestrated by the universe um, to support us in our experiences. Curious, when does intuitive ability, when does intuition turn into psychic ability? How do you know Ooh. if you are just highly intuitive, which I think I am? Oh, yeah. I feel yeah, you are. Your aura colors say a lot about that. In fact, I feel yeah. and yet I I don't call myself psychic, but there have been moments where I can look into someone and feel the source of their pain, for example, mm. or I know why. <clears throat> excuse me. I used to be in the fitness business. And I don't know, I just after a few minutes could tell you, I could tell the client why they were overweight or why they were stuck or what was blocking them or why they didn't like their bodies. And it was very helpful. It helped me That's a lot. Awesome. And, but sometimes I think, is that, is that psychic ability or is it just? Oh yeah, no, that's psychic ability for sure. I mean, in, intuition is, it, people will say that intuition is something everybody has, which I agree with. I also think psychic ability is something that everybody has. They just may not notice it. But what you're talking about is a really good example of psychic ability that's integrated. So integrated in this sense means that it is so a part of who you are that you don't notice that it's sort of different or slightly supernatural or paranormal. Um, yeah, I think that everybody's, you know, the way that I'll explain this, we all have that spark of life within every cell that, and it's sort of enigmatic, you know, we don't really know how it started. We don't really know why it turns off necessarily outside of the physiological, you know, uh, health causes. Um, I think that spark of life is having a constant conversation with the entire universe at all times. I think that we as beings on some subtle, unnoticeable level are having a conversation with the universe around us. And the only difference between somebody that can channel messages with that and somebody who doesn't, and I'm not saying can't, just doesn't, is their state of awareness, their ability to, to access it easily. Um, I was born with it and many people learn to develop it. This is something that anybody can learn to do if they take the time and, and, and patience and, and, and practice it. Uh, where does it 
where does intuition become psychic ability? I think just in the way that it's used. So what you're talking about with, you know, being able to tell somebody why they're overweight or what's going on, you know, at, at a personal level uh, that's contributing to the reason they're standing in front of you. I mean, that's no real, not really different than what I do. Um, just that I'm not in a gym while I'm doing. <laughs> so um, I think it's, I think, yeah, I think you, you've got it for sure. Can I ask another question? I'm on a little bit of a roll. What? Of course. Okay. I just love this. I feel like I'm speaking to kindred spirit. No, no pun intended. <laughs> okay. Another question on, uh, as it pertains to intuition. <clears throat> How do we know that it is gut versus head? Like how mm. am I just, am I feeling this on, this feeling, this fear, or this concern, because it's, uh, I'm feeling it on a gut level, and it's telling me something uh, about maybe a person or a something, a situation, a decision, or a choice I have to make, or is it my, is it the, my head playing tricks with me saying, fear, fear, don't do it, because... I think... Yeah, that's a, that's a super good question. So a gut feeling normally will be our first impression. And whatever our thoughts are on the other side of that is usually our judgment of our gut feeling. So for example, um, let's say you wanted to get a gut feeling on purpose. So you said, okay, um, should I turn left or right to avoid traffic, right? And you, you immediately feel oh, I should turn right and your head says left. You got to go with what you first feel to sort of like, yeah, you got to go with your, your first feeling because that's usually the gut feeling one. Um, gut feeling is something that people can really learn to rely on more or practice. But in the beginning, most people who are trying to work with their gut feeling, they get this whole, is it in my head? Is this the real thing? Is this the right thing? And it really is just practicing it and, and learning how to feel that initial, that initial sense. It's, it's a lot. Uh, this happens a lot in dating. Mm. A lot I of, yeah, <laughs> I mean, people are uh, challenged a little bit. There's, you know, when they pe meet people online and who is he and should I go and should I give him a second chance and I don't know and my gut tells me this, but my head tells me that and, and you know, maybe it, in, the head is not a good, great place to be in because... I think, I think it can be. I think it depends on... I think it depends on what's in your head to decide whether or not it's a good place to be. If you think about it, like, for example, like, let's say somebody had a string of challenging relationships, they were difficult, um, they experienced some real scary hardships in those relationships, well, their head is not going to really have a good running in internal monologue for future dates, mm -hmm, right, or mm -hmm. future relationships. But if they work through those things, if they heal those difficult experiences, that kind of declutters the ability mm -hmm. to think clearly that takes that lens off that they would, you know, the lens of the past they're carrying in front of, in front of their eyes, it kind of removes that a little bit. So they can actually think clearly. And in that sense, their gut feeling and their thoughts might actually work harmoniously together. Yes. But if somebody is carrying a lot of fear based on past experiences, yes. then that will cloud their gut feeling. It will make it harder for them to even feel something genuine within themselves. So is it bad to be in our heads? No, but we want to make sure we have a nice, well-decorated yes. internal <laughs> environment. Yeah. yeah, that's a great answer. And, you know, this is from someone who lives in her head 
Yes, you do. As Robbie knows, a little too much, and I can get a little too, I don't know, I worry a lot, I guess. I got to pull her out of the rabbit you hole know, sometimes. You know, I do. I go down the rabbit hole a little bit, admit, I think that's normal for a nurturer. She goes dark. Honest. She goes dark. So. But she, she, she can, the option to go light is always there, but the path usually takes her dark first. Yeah. Usually when that happens, and this is, I'm speaking just from, my, I'm not a psychologist, but from my own experience and having to do similar, you know, work on myself that you have, um, I think I can say that that does get easier over time. I think sometimes we have to unlearn things mm -hmm. in order to relearn things. And and this is true, even what we were talking about earlier with that, you know, what do we do when it's been a challenging relationship and mm -hmm. we lose mm -hmm. somebody? A lot of that can be unlearning as well. It's, it's, it's very challenging and it takes time. Yes. And one thing that helped me was learning how to catch myself in those downward spirals yes. and then say, okay, Matthew, like, you've been down this downward spiral before yes. <laughs> this is really going to lead somewhere different even if the variables yes. are different and it it takes practice it's not easy yeah i'd also say that i i probably have uh, an irrational need to know and to have evidence mm. I, I need evidence I show me that. <laughs> that i am not blank or mm. that it, the situation is not whatever so that's that's surrender i think then that that takes practice letting go it does um, and, and self-trust as well yes. to know that you can get through whatever it is whether you know the the end the outcome or not yeah so i think you know when you were talking about that i got this strong feeling within me gut feeling that part of it is if you can be confident in knowing that you will overcome whatever shows up in your path then the needing to know exactly what's coming may not be as strong so I think maybe with your own healing journey, you could take a look at like, okay, do I really, am I worried that I can't make it in situation A, B, or C? And then deciding that, you know what, you've been through every other letter of the alphabet up to this point that's prepared you for everything that could possibly happen next. And understanding that, you know, even if you don't know the outcome, you you can develop trust with yourself to get through whatever that is that shows up. And it, it will be it will take practice, but yeah. I think that you're, I think you're Thank ready you. to do that. Thanks. Uh, you know, we, we talk about all the time, people, single people struggle with yeah. the, the red flag, green light. Is it a red flag? Is it a green light? Should I ignore the Hard. red flag? Is that a green light? Should I go, you know, and we yeah. have that in ourselves. Yeah. We struggle with our own red flags and green lights. Totally. Daily sometimes, right? depending on the day. Yeah, for sure. Well, now that uh, I've I, hogged this entire conversation. No, no, this has been great. Because sorry. You, you're, you're on a roll. So any thoughts about, there, there's a Woody Allen movie. I can't remember which one it was, but in the movie, they were talking about, I don't know, masturbation. And they said, you don't want to masturbate. All your dead relatives are there looking at you. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh my God, does that really work? Does that really, does that happen that well, that's way? That's how I feel about having pictures of family in the bedroom. Because <laughs> they say you know not what? to have photos of. Yeah. My partner says that he refuses to let any family photos of people. Yeah. Well, anybody actually in our room. Right. It's, it's, it's kind of a yeah. feng shui thing too. It's kind of a. It is. Yeah. It's but it's to put the guilt in you before you can <laughs> start that process. It's okay, I baby. Think. You can. You can yeah. Is it okay? Yeah. All right. Good. You can good rub one know. out. Oh, good. You feel good about it. Yeah, right. I don't. I don't feel like they would be judging you, even if they yeah. they saw. Yeah. It. I think their awareness. I is, think is no, not like it was. They're, on they're jealous. All right. So no, anyway. no, no, no. They're have getting way more 
up there. Are they? Oh, man, come on. My dad is... <laughs> He's Captain Groovy. Yeah. yeah. He is doing that. I think my dad is too. Oh, for sure. We, we heard uh, a friend of my sister passed away a few years ago down in, in Mexico, and uh, she used to cut my dad's hair down there, and she was just a lovely friend. And uh, she visited my sister after she passed. My sister oh, had wow. a, a visit from her. And, and so uh, my sister Wendy said, uh, so tell me, you know, how's dad doing up there? And she goes, oh, well, first of all, your mother is pissed because he doesn't <laughs> want to, he's not with her at all. And he's out there having a great time. So this is what came, it was the message that came from uh, I, I, the friend. I had a similar one because yeah, I, um, I asked the, the channeler that I was consulting mm -hmm. with. Anyway. Uh, mom and dad, are they together? Because my parents had this on again, off again for yes, they divorced they when I was super young and never quite, you know, they just yeah. sort of stayed connected. And she said, no, they're in different corridors. Yeah. yeah. Which I was happy about because yeah. that's where I wanted them in different corridors <laughs> when they were alive. That's the truth. Yeah. And that didn't work out so well. It did, but not... Well, you know what? He's having a great time. I know that. For oh, sure. Okay. Well... Oh, wait, hold on a second. Yes. Matthew? Yes. Mm -hmm. How does your psychic abilities apply to sports betting? Oh, okay. Good night. What? Goodbye. <laughs> What's, it's an honest question. It, w it wouldn't be the first time somebody's asked. Honestly, um, <laughs> I don't know that they would work so well. And the reason why is the amount of unknown possibilities in that situation are crazy because prediction is only what's probable, not what is concretely going to happen. So I wouldn't pay me for sports betting advice if I were you. Are you uh, astrologically inclined as well? Uh, I'm not an astrologer, well, but I love That's astrology. I'm well, I, I'm just asking okay. him because I know you are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know a little bit about I, astrology, but I I would not claim to okay. to be an astrologer. When's your birthday? But it is cool. here. We go August twenty eighth. Okay, Virgo. your sun conjuncts my moon. Hello, I can really? tell you that right now, pretty much. You know yes. more about astrology. Yes. See how I. <laughs> At least something's getting conjuncted around here. You can conjunct me later. <laughs> okay, I'll conjunct. Okay. All right. I think we're good. We're good. This has been fantastic. Fantastic. Is Where right. can we find you, Matthew? Uh, so you can find me my website matthewstapley.com or my Facebook page, which is at Canadian Psych or Facebook.com/slash Canadian Psychic. Okay, and since every episode I am tongue-tied as to where to find us, I wrote it down because. Oh my God. Okay, you ready, everybody? No. Here's where to find us. Done being single can be found at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Amazon. Tune in, Stitcher, Spotify, Listen Notes, Podcast Chaser, Podcast Addict, and every other place. I mean, That's wherever where, you, yeah. yeah. Okay. And That's you can find me uh, at Trevor Brandon Sharp. Sharp. <laughs> you can find, take two. You can find me at TrevaBrandonSharp.com. You can read my blogs, find out about my coaching services, contact me. Let's work together. Contact us with your questions, dilemmas. You can vent, rant. We want it all. Matthew, thank you. This is thank you, guys. It really was a pleasure. It. Thank you so much. I'm Shadow Stevens with my friends Trevor and Robbie. See you next week on Done Being Single. <laughs>